Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the rundown. It's the Monday edition, the, the Super Bowl Monday edition. I learned from my friends down the hall on 97.5 WCOS, which is our country station, that there's like an inordinate amount of people. It's like 44% of the people polled said that they want the day after the Super Bowl to be a holiday. What? Yeah. Not sure if I'm buying that. But, hey... I'm working today. If you called in sick today, then shame on you if you're not sick. As uh, we will do the rundown this afternoon, we appreciate you uh, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks so much for checking us out. Appreciate the folks listening on on uh, the podcast as well, which you can uh, check out at pretty much any time. Just download the podcast at uh, through iTunes, Spreaker, however you get your favorite podcast. Just look for Rundown with Rob Sanders. It will pull up for you. And generally, I have the podcast up about an hour after the show is over. All right, so here's the rundown for today, folks. We've got to start with, we're going to have some Super Bowl stuff here in just a moment as we put the NFL season to rest. But some big news for the Gamecock basketball team as they're dealing with an injury that is going to affect them in the long run. Justin Manaya is going to be out for a little bit with his uh, thumb. He may need surgery. And uh, Coach Frank Martin talked about that in almost like a, a cloud that follows the Gamecock basketball team when they have some injuries. So here's some comments from Coach Frank Martin earlier today. It's part of the equation when you coach basketball at South Carolina. To, you know, there's a there's a large cloud that sits over this campus that constantly just craps on you anytime your team plays well, and it's uh, that it's not under me. Go backwards, just keep going. It's uh, uh, it's unbelievable, you know. But uh, you you can't sit around and dwell on the good, bad, the indifferent. Uh, you 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 gotta uh, actually uh, uh, manage adversity and. And, and handle uh, uh, what's in front of you. Um, uh, you know, Justin. Justin was becoming the uh, um, like he was playing with such incredible. Is playing with such incredible energy. 
And when you coupled his energy and his aggression at the rim, rebounding, blocking shots, his uh, defense uh, helping and defending on the perimeter, um, and he was starting to shoot the basketball. You know, he was starting to regain that confidence that he had from a shooting standpoint. Um, you know, he, 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 uh, uh, there's a reason he was playing as many minutes as he played. Uh, but, you know, we... Uh, uh, now, we, we, because of his efforts, we've become a better team. And uh, so, you know, it's going to put a, uh, uh, the two freshmen and Jalen, um, um, Wildens and Alonzo, they're going to have to uh, uh, be more consistent with their contributions. And then I got to figure out, you know, from a guard standpoint, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, Trey Anderson has been better, like I told you guys. Uh, so maybe it's his turn to, to step in there and, uh, and give us some positive minutes and, and, and positive plays. But you know, I, I'm, I'm always into trying to move forward. Uh, my heart goes out to Justin because – uh, I don't think I've been around too many guys that care about their team as much as he cares about uh, our team. And uh, uh, so uh, hopefully we can figure out a way to, 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 to keep them on the court. And, and, uh, but that's, you know, that's not a decision for me to make. That's uh, a decision that has to be made between doctors and himself and his family. Coach Frank Martin earlier today, of course, the six foot five Manaya started all twenty one games for the Gamecocks this year, averaging about what I think it's. Make sure I've got my numbers correct here. I don't want to throw something at you. You're like, oh, that's not a good idea. About seven points and a little bit over six rebounds a game. So anytime you lose a starter in the heart of SEC play, it's going to have an effect on you. But for the Gamecocks to battle back, they're going to need. They're going to need somebody to step in and figure out um, who's going to take care of uh, not only the scoring, but the rebounding. I mean, when you lose somebody that's that's rebounding like Manaya does, that's not good. Of course, the Gamecocks beat up on uh, Mizzou over the weekend, and then they, uh, they're off until uh, they play Ole Miss. I think that's on, what, the 5th? So that'll be on Wednesday? Yeah. So, the big thing with South Carolina is that uh, I want to throw it out to the folks that listen here. Do you agree with Coach Frank Martin that there's just something hanging over this team that, quote, takes a crap on it when uh, they start playing well? I mean, you can look back at some of the stuff that has happened with Martin. You can look back at some of the injuries that have affected the program over time. I think it's all just luck, you know? Just bad luck. Speaking of uh, a team that had some bad luck, was bad luck and a bad performance for the Clemson Tigers? And we'll take calls on this too at 803-978-1832. They go up to Wake Forest and lose to a really bad Wake Forest team. I don't like to, to run teams down too much, but they are not a very good team. Clemson goes up there. And they get dominated pretty much from buzzer to buzzer. Not the kind of game that uh, Brad Brownell wanted at this point of the season. And it doesn't get any easier for Clemson. Now, Clemson, is they've, they've been dealing with, at the start of the season, it was, all right, there's some guys that are going to have some injuries. we got to deal with that. Uh, they didn't get Nick Honor to get his um, the transfer they had from Fordham that they thought was going to be the 
the the straw that would stir the drink at point guard. Yeah, he's he's not playing because because of the NCAA not giving him a waiver. We could talk about the NCAA being silly. But yeah, that happened over the weekend. And, and like, you know, I listened to some of the game here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, and it just seemed like from the tone from Don Munson that the team just kind of came out flat. Just came out flat. Right now they're 5-6 and six in conference, play 11-10 and 10 overall. We talked about them possibly moving their way up into maybe some bubble, um, you know, onto the bubble because they had a pretty crummy first half of the season losing games to Yale. That's not going to help your uh, yourself in the net rankings. But to give you a quick net rankings update, as of right now, as we look at the ACC, Clemson has dropped to 96. They were like at 81, but they lose to a Wake Forest team that is still in the hundreds. So if you're wanting to build yourself up, I think they, Wake Forest was like at 125, and that win helped them a good bit. But Clemson, of course, their next game is with, make sure I give you the correct game here, because uh, the other day I was listening to the podcast, I gave up the wrong game. Whoops. They play at Virginia on Wednesday night. Not exactly what you want to happen. When you got to play a Virginia team at home, it's not easy to beat Virginia at home. They don't lose very many games there. But this is the kind of Clemson team that could jump up off the mat and just beat you. You never know. You never know on that front. But not a good weekend on that front for Clemson. Updated net rankings for South Carolina. We will give you where they are. It's The more and more games they win, the more and more this is going to improve. South Carolina right now is at 74, as they are 13-8 overall, 5-2 and two in conference play. It's going to be hard for either team to make the tournament, in my opinion. I think South Carolina would have to pretty much win out. Clemson's going to have to win the ACC tournament. They're, they're at best hoping for the NIT up there in Brad Brownell land up at Clemson. Just not a very good basketball team this year. Just not. But the thing is, is that I don't know how you can fix it. I really don't. You know, I talked to Andrew Jones from Tar Heel Illustrated a couple weeks ago, and he fully believes that Clemson can be a full-time dedicated winner in basketball. Not be as mediocre as they are right now. And, you know, I thought about it, and I said, you know what, I think that with Clemson, I hate to break this to Clemson fans, but you can't recruit right now the basketball talent that you need at Clemson. Guys are going to go to North Carolina. Guys are going to go to Duke. Guys are going to go, I mean, pick pick whatever. Pick your blue blood school here. Even when you have a player in state like Zion Williamson, who lived an hour away, I mean, yeah, Clemson was theoretically in the mix, but they weren't. So, I think the only way to fix the Clemson basketball team, in my opinion, is one of two ways. You're going to have to hit a home run on a recruit like a Zion Williamson. Getting a Zion Williamson would have been huge for Brad Brownell. Huge. Okay? 
But you've also got the the other adage that I've had for a long time. It's not that Brad Brownell is not a good person. Please don't think that. It's not that his players don't care about him. Please don't think that. I think to win at Clemson, you're going to have to have a completely different mindset. I think you're going to have to go and find someone with a system, whether it's someone that believes in the 2-3 zone like Jim Beheim does, or whether it's someone that uh, has Shaka Smart's way of playing basketball, where you got basically guys with length, you full-court press everyone, you basically play 9-10 to 10 guys, and run, 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 run up and down the court. And you do that, and that's not going to win you very many games in March. You'd be lucky to win a game here or there. But, to start anyway, but then you could start getting some players. Once they see that Clemson is a team that can win and, and you know and finish above 500 in SEC and ACC play, and they can turn the corner there instead of being just an NIT team, be a team that's right there in the NCAA tournament, then you're going to have guys that are going to look at Clemson and they're going to be like, you know what? I think, why not? Why not try to go there? Maybe you don't get the absolute first cut of guys, but you get the second cut. The guys that are right there, right behind the Zions of the world. I think that's what will fix Clemson basketball, but I think it's going to take time. And I just don't believe in the the adage that you have to recruit through transfers. It's just not going to work. Now, I say that, but I would love to see what Nick Honor would have done with this team, being the point guard that he is on the on the level at Fordham where he played before. Wouldn't it have been interesting to see him come on and actually play a little bit. Of course, they I think he played with the team in Italy when they won the Olympic Games. But... I'm in the camp of, I just don't think the whole recruiting like that works because you're waiting on something every year. You know, they did get the uh, the waiver letter for Kavon Moore, but not a waiver letter for, for, uh, for Nick Honor. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all how the NCAA does that. But that's what I think. Get, a, get someone that has a system, a system, and then give them time. Give them time to develop players that'll work best for that system. The the, the Shaka Smart brand. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Works the best. Because you can just go and recruit a bunch of athletic guys that are tall that can run up and down the floor. And we'll teach everybody to hit layups and we'll have one guy that shoots threes. That's pretty much what Shaka Smart does in my opinion. He comes from the Oliver Purnell School of, of Basketball. But I think that's how you fix Clemson basketball. Uh, We'll take your calls on that at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832. That's kind of what what Dabo Sweeney did. 
He came in, he knew what kind of system he wanted to run. He knew he kind of wanted to be a, a spread offense, which a lot of guys, a lot of teams did that. But I think it should be on that end. Hire a young coach that has developed a system and let him coach. You may have to sit through a season where you go, you know, 4-16 and 16 in ACC play. But then the next year, you might be a little bit better. Might be just a little bit better. But what you've got right now is not going to work in the long term. Because if you look at the team after this season, you know, next year you do get Nick Honor. And I think you'll have Newman back. I think Sims will be a senior. But you lose Tevin Mack, who I don't think has been that outstanding, but he has put up some numbers. Yeah, it's just going to be a mess right now in my opinion, until they figure out something else. But until then, this is what you're going to get. Now, I know there's going to be people that are going to tell me, well, Rob, look, you realize that Brad Brownell beat North, North Carolina State, beat North Carolina on the road, and also beat Duke at home? That's pretty good. Yeah, but you lost to Wake Forest. You lost to Yale. Doesn't make any sense. 803-978-1832. is the number to call if you want to join us on the rundown this afternoon. Here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and around the world on the iHeartRadio app, we appreciate you guys checking us out. We've got some more football news for you. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl in just a moment. People upset about the uh, halftime show which I thought was interesting. We might get into that. I've got some other stories from the Super Bowl that are kind of interesting, too. So we'll get into that this afternoon. Shout out to the folks that know that Kansas City is actually in Missouri. Mazodcast, of course, brought us that nice tune last week when they were on the uh, show with us here. Yeah, Kansas City is not in Kansas. It's actually in Missouri. Lots of folks got that wrong, including the President of the United States. He was able to correct it, though. We'll take your calls at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. How would you fix Clemson basketball? And do you think the Gamecocks can rebound from this injury to Justin Manaya? We'll have calls on that this afternoon at 803-978-1832. Also, we get to start the XFL this weekend. Are you going to watch? Huh. We'll talk about that. The Atlanta Falcons have announced that they are moving on from a first-round pick. We'll tell you who that is when we come back. And Greg McElroy talks about a team he thinks can make the LSU-like jump this coming season. We'll get into that and a lot more this afternoon here on The Rundown. My name is Rob Sanders. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. Be sure to check it out. Check me out there. You can also check out the, uh, the blog page. It's at foxsportsradio1400.com. It's very uh, interesting stuff there, including Chase Bryce, where he's heading. We'll talk about that when we get back here on The Rundown. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. In case you missed it from over the weekend, former Clemson quarterback Chase Bryce has announced where he will go to school. Of course, he was Trevor Lawrence backup each of the past two seasons. He was a former four-star recruit. 
He has announced that he will transfer to the Duke Blue Devils. Of course, uh, he did see playing time in 23 games across the past two seasons. 82 of 136 for 1,023 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. And everyone remembers the the big game with Syracuse where he um, basically led the Tigers back from the grave. If he doesn't win that game for Clemson, they don't win that national title. According to Yahoo Sports, he should be the favorite to start for Duke in 2020 as Quentin Harris was a senior in 2019. Of course, Harris backed up Daniel Jones, who is now the starting quarterback for the Giants. It's a heck of a move for for uh, Bryce. You get to go to the quarterback whisperer and David Cutcliffe. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. There were talks about Daniel Jones and, okay, he's this and he's that, but he didn't really take off until his junior year. Be interesting to see how Chase Bryce does with the offense that's just going to be his. Will he be a guy that could lead Duke back to the ACC championship game? Which, by the way, I have a cold, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to hack into the microphone. But, by the way, as I was saying, Bryce has two years of of, uh, time left to play. Okay, so he the only way that he can play against his former team is if both teams make the ACC championship game in Charlotte. But I think this is a great move. He stays in conference. He's already done a bunch of of film study and everything else around the league, so he kind of knows what 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 each team has from one perspective. And he gets to play for David Cutcliffe. I think that's just a great, great move for the uh, former now Clemson Tiger. Now he's a Duke Blue Devil. There you go. I, I meet so many Clemson football fans that are also Duke basketball fans. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll go watch some Duke football games too. You know. You ever meet fans like that where it's like. Yeah, I like this team for football, and then I like that team for basketball. Just pick one team. Stop liking the front runners. Sucks. Just pick one team. It's ridiculous. All right, so one other news note for Clemson football is that the Atlanta Falcons are moving on from Vic Beasley. Now, Vic Beasley had basically... A one, what one great year in the NFL. Led the league in sacks one season. So, you wonder what what happened there. The statement from the team. As we continue to craft our 2020 roster, we'd like to thank Vic for five years of effort on behalf of our organization. That's basically, here's your gold watch. Get out. He was picked 8th overall. Did have some times where he looked really good. Led the league in sacks in 2016, 15 and a half. That's the year the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl. But managed just 5 sacks in each of the 2017 and 18 seasons. He did have 8 sacks this past season. 
six of those came in the second half of the season. So you can make the argument that maybe he was finally picking it up towards the end of the season. Still, he got eight sacks. And we'll have to figure out, this guy's going to go somewhere, and I think he's going to make plays somewhere. Maybe Atlanta's just a bad fit for him. The Falcons did finish the season tied for 29th in the league with 28 sacks. Beasley, of course, had a third of their sacks. Grady Jarrett, the former Clemson lineman, also had seven and a half. So of their 28 sacks, 15 and a half of them came from former Clemson linemen. He did get five years with the team, making $12 million last year, but they are going to move on. We'll see where he ends up. I mean, five years in, he's still, he should be just hitting the prime of his NFL career. So we'll see how that works. Now, that also says that, hey, the Atlanta Falcons are probably going to take a, a pass rusher at the top half of the draft. So would they go with Penn State's uh, Gross Matos or Iowa's A.J. Espensa? Maybe that's what they're going to try to do. But they have a new offensive coordinator, or excuse me, new defensive coordinator. Maybe he just didn't like what Vic was doing. All time with the uh, Falcons, he finished 37 and a half sacks, 156 tackles, and 11 forced fumbles. Over five seasons, that's pretty good. That averages out to right at almost seven, yeah, right over seven sacks a game, or seven sacks a season. Pretty good numbers there, but apparently the Falcons are like, yep, we're going to move on. So, with a veteran like that, do you want that kind of guy on your team? Would you want Vic Beasley to play for your team, even though one team has kind of given up on him? 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Do you think that's the right spot for uh, Chase Bryce? You like the idea of him playing at Duke? It's going to be interesting up there with David Cutcliffe. I don't know. I think the one thing he's going to have to deal with is that he doesn't have all the talent around him. He can't look to his. He can't look behind him and see a Travis Etienne. He, he's not going to take the snaps from an All ACC center or and an have an, an All ACC right tackle protecting his backside. He's not going to have that at Duke. So I think on one front it's great because you go up there and you get some coaching. On a man who coached the Mannings, man who put uh, David Jones as the number six pick in the draft, yeah, that's great. But you also, nobody really thinks of Duke as much of a team. I mean, they may win seven or eight games, but they're not, it's not, it's taking a step down. On the, on the winning front. And I think anywhere he went, he was probably going to have to do that because there aren't very many teams that, that have Clemson's pedigree right now. You could make the argument that, hey, he can go and start for LSU right now. Of course, they're losing Joe Burrow. That makes a lot of have Clemson's pedigree right now. You could make the argument that, hey, he can go and start for LSU right now. Of course, they're losing Joe Burrow. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know. But do you like the move for Chase Bryce? 803-978-1832. And you think the Falcons made a mistake with Beasley? 
We'll also take calls on that as well at 803-978-1832. By the way, Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk, the czar of Clemson Sports, will be joining us this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Be sure to check him out as uh, he'll have the complete wrap-up on everything Clemson-related over the weekend. You can uh, check out his show from 4 to 6. Not only is he on the air here, he's on the air at 100.1 The Fan in Florence and 9.20 a.m. in Manning. But you can listen around the world on the iHeartRadio app, wherever you are. Check him out there. All right, so when we come back, I've got my new list today. My new list is on the XFL since it starts this weekend. The list this afternoon is my top five XFL teams, how I think they're going to play heading into the season. Now, I could be completely wrong, but I do have my top five XFL teams. And we'll take calls on whether or not you're going to watch the XFL. I think that we should have had another week off where you're kind of missing football a little bit. That would have made a lot of sense. But then again, some people may just completely tune out. You never know. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the XFL and a lot more with the list this afternoon. You are listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Strap in. It's time for the list. The list this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio as we start the week we just finished the NFL season and you're like, Rob, you're trying to shove more foot down ball down my throat. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not doing that. This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He's the one who did that, not me. But look, this weekend, you got to figure out which XFL team you're going to go with. Okay? And for me, I look at it from this perspective. At least be have some knowledge. When you sit down with your friend or whatever, and you have a couple of games going, hey, you kind of want to know a little bit, right? So that's what I'm trying to help you with. So here are the top five teams, I think, the, the how it's going to shake out in the XFL. So here we go. Number five. I like the Los Angeles Wildcats at number five. Now, bear in mind, there are only eight teams in the league. So if you're finished fifth, yeah, it's not so much. You know what I'm saying? But I think they're going to finish fifth. They do have some talent. They have uh, Winston Moss, their only defensive-minded head coach. He's going to have to win with basically some chess matches as far as on the defensive side of the ball. All right? We'll see. There should be some fan support there in L.A. for them. We'll see what happens with the Los Angeles Wildcats. But I do think they have some talent. I like that the the defensive-minded coach makes a lot of sense. Number four. But... Then we go to the New York Guardians. They have a Super Bowl winner in Kevin Gilbride. He won two Super Bowls as the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. Now he's taken over for the Guardians. You know, 
the Giants and the Jets have, have really stunk for a while now, it seems like. Maybe they can uh, do something here. They do have former Penn State uh, quarterback Matt McCloin was assigned in the pre-draft phase, but they were able to land Luis Perez, who made a name for himself in the AAF. Either one of those guys is going to be a quarterback. When you have a when you have two guys that can play, that really, really helps. So the New York Guardians, I think they're going to finish in fourth. Number three. The D.C. Defenders. Pep Hamilton is their head coach. He does have 20 years of experience. He's worked with quarterbacks like Andrew Luck, Alex Smith, Jay Cutler, Shea Patterson. Now he'll work with... Ohio State legend Cardell Jones. I know my buddy John that listens to me that sends me messages all the time on Facebook about how wonderful Ohio State is. Oh, they'll get their legend uh, Cardell Jones. We'll have the opportunity to play there. They've also, they're also pretty deep at running back. Yep, they look like they have the team on paper that could be pretty good. Number two. Number two on the list. This is the team that Lawton Swan said I have to support. That would be the Tampa Bay Vipers. Here's what I like about them. They've got a bunch of guys from Florida colleges. Now, what does that what does that have to do with anything? Because they're going to be, I think they'll sell out a ton of games. They're going to have a good amount of people there. People will actually care. Aaron Murray is their quarterback. Former Georgia pro- product. Quentin Flowers is a running back. Antonio Callaway and DeAndre Goolsby. He's got some playmakers there on offense. And Mark Trestman is their head coach. Yeah, they're. I think they're going to be pretty decent, are the Vipers. And number one. Number one, the Dallas Renegades. Why? Because they have Bob Stoops. The former Oklahoma head coach is taking over the franchise. He also is the general manager. His first head coaching job at the pro level for Stoops. So, he's the only one of the eight XFL coaches to win a college football national title and has the most championship uh, totals across the group. But here's the thing. They're going to play at Globe Life Stadium, the home of the Texas Rangers. I think that that's good playing in kind of a stadium that's that's that big. But they also get Landry Jones, who will uh, play quarterback for them. If you remember, he played for the Steelers. And, yeah, just when you have guys that are at uh, that have played on the NFL level, it does make things a little more interesting as far as the talents go. So there are three other teams, and I did a little research on those too. The Houston Roughnecks, June Jones is their coach. Um, yeah, I think they're going to play a lot of offense, but I don't know about their defensively. I don't know how well they're going to be. The St. Louis Battlehawks head coach Jonathan Hayes was a Marvin Lewis disciple. So we'll see how that works for them. This is kind of big for St. Louis because after they lost the Rams, now they have the Battlehawks. That's kind of interesting. And then Seattle, the Seattle Dragons. We have the most interesting uniforms, by the way. And Jim Zorn is their head coach. Um, they have Brandon Silvers, who played in the in the with the Memphis Express. He split time with Johnny Manziel and Zach Mettenberger. 
They also have B.J. Daniels, a quarterback, but I don't know. We'll see how that works out. But the XFL is this weekend. Are you going to watch? I mean, are you really – If you, are you the kind of guy that or gal that, that looks at this and it's like, oh, well, it's football, I'll watch it anyway? I don't know. It looks like Dallas uh, – I don't know my logos here. It looks like Dragons and Defenders will be your first game on Saturday. And then you've got looks like the Renegades and someone else that night. I can't. The, the, the print's a little too small here, but we will have football on ABC at two o'clock on Saturday. Are you going to watch the XFL? Eight zero three nine seven eight one eight three two. Eight zero three nine seven eight one eight three two. You know this is the kind, the time of year where we do like some spring cleaning around the house. It's one of those when once it starts getting a little warmer, you know. I mean, we're almost in spring-like weather now. It's seventy degrees outside, but when we have a little bit of time around the house, if there's something on, normally it's basketball we have on, but I might flip on an XFL game and watch. Here's where it's going to get interesting and where it'll take off. If you can bet on it, people will come. If you can play fantasy leagues with it, people will play. That's what's going to happen with the XFL. And that's that's the key to sustaining it long term. Can you bet on it? Will Las Vegas put lines on games, which they I think they are to start the season. So the gambling degenerates can bet on it. If you can bet on it or if you can play on the fantasy front, I think it has an, a, an outside shot to make it. Now, I also think you need to go in with something here. It's like the last Rambo movie, okay? When you went to see the Rambo movie, you kind of knew what you were going to get. You're not exactly expecting a, a set where... Or a movie where you're going to get, like, Oscar-worthy performances. Basically, Sylvester Stallone is going to blow up a lot of things and kill people. Okay? You knew that going in. So if you knew that going into Rambo, you probably liked Rambo. You need to have the same mentality when it comes to the XFL. It's not the NFL. It's not the best college players. There's going to be some players that are pretty good, but the majority of the football is probably not going to be that good. If you go into it with that attitude, you might enjoy the XFL. Are you going to watch? Give us a call at 803-978-1832. We'll take calls on that. Calls on Chase Bryce. All kind of stuff out there. As we move along, this is The Rundown. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final segment of The Rundown this afternoon. On Fox Sports Radio 1400, my name is Rob Sanders. Appreciate you checking me out. You can also uh, find the show on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. The podcast will be up this afternoon at about 5 o'clock. Uh, I call this my information overload segment. Um, it's basically little notes that I found that make me go, huh? The first one is everyone loves Twitter. But I tell you, be careful what you put out there on Twitter. Troy Aikman, in 2019, basically, he tweeted at the Athletic uh, KC, which is um, Kansas City's 
uh, basically beat writer for The Athletic. They tweeted out, in case you missed it, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of, uh, 28 of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. So Troy Aikman battles back quick and says, in case you missed it, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. So now Holmes, after last night, has 33% of Aikman's Super Bowl titles. People remember that tweet, and they always want to bring it back to hit you in the face. I'm at the point now where it's like, whenever I leave here, if I ever leave here, whatever, and I go somewhere else, I'm going to delete all my tweets. It's going to have to happen. Because if I said something smart, I like at 2 o'clock in the morning about, oh, I don't know, X or Y team here, someone's going to go and find it and bring it back up. You know who the master of social media is around here? Lawton Swan. He doesn't put out anything that's remotely close to being controversial. Lawton Swan wants to be your mayor. He, he really does. Close to being controversial. Lawton Swan wants to be your mayor. He, he really does. There's never a, a, a moment at 2 o'clock in the morning where he's like, you know what, let me just bash somebody here on Twitter. No, he doesn't do that. What he does do is show up at 4 o'clock and take you home with Clemson Sports Talk. So be sure to check that out. Follow him on Twitter, at Clemson Sports, by the way. So Troy Aikman tweets something out. It comes back and bites him in the butt. Poor, poor Troy Aikman. Yeah, that's not what you want. Now, Greg McElroy, by the way, of course, of the ESPN College Football Analyst, did an interview with the Spun.com, and they, they asked him who could take the LSU-type jump this season and do what they did. He thinks it's going to be the Florida Gators, saying probably not a huge surprise here, but I think Florida has a chance to make some serious noise next year, return a lot of quality pieces from last season's team, and Dan Mullen is as good as you'll find in CFB in maximizing the potential of teams. If they can stay healthy and get a boost in production from their QB, Kyle Trask, they could be poised to make a playoff push. You know what? I think that's solid. I think that's solid across the board. But making that LSU-type jump is hard. It really is. There's a big difference in going 10-2 and and going 12-0. and And making that jump is what LSU did. I mean, I don't think there's a big drop off between even eight and four and ten and two. But going from ten and two to twelve and zero, that's where teams are great. And I think that's where things get kind of in the mix here with this team uh, for Florida. Do they have the opportunity to do it? Yeah, I think that in the SEC, I think they're one of the teams that I think can jump. I really do. As far as teams falling, I think a team that's ripe to fall next season is Georgia. Georgia will probably be the pick to finish first or second in the East. That may not happen. They may fall to Tennessee. I'm not completely sold on what Georgia is doing. I know that they'll tell you. If you ask any Bulldog fan, oh, we've got tons and tons and tons of talent. You don't know what you're talking about, Rob. 
Yeah, but I do know that you have a a guy coming in playing as a quarterback for the first time in the SEC. And I think it's going to be tough. I really do. I think that it, he's coming into a system where they wanted to be a stand by, a stand-up passer. They're going to have to change the system a little bit for Jamie Newman. Florida could leap right past them. Tennessee could beat them this year if their cards roll right. This could be interesting, though, in the East this year. Because I think the top half is, is pretty heavy with Florida and Georgia to an extent. But I think Tennessee's right there. And then Kentucky is right after Tennessee, in my opinion. And then it comes down to, I think Vanderbilt's near the bottom. And South Carolina and Missouri, in my opinion, are pretty much on par with each other. South Carolina might have the leg up because they've got some more stability with having Will Muschamp there. I mean, the guys know his system more. I mean, it's the first year for Coach, uh, Coach Drinkowitz up at Mizzou. The East is going to be fascinating, though. Because if you have a team like a South Carolina that does what they did last year and they spring an upset on somebody, they can affect the entire division as far as who's going to the SEC championship game. So I think that's going to be one of the most interesting divisions in college football next season. But Greg McElroy likes Florida to make the jump. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. That's really interesting. In the ACC, I think the team that can make a jump is Virginia Tech. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech is a team that might make the jump and move up. Or how about Duke? They've got a guy at quarterback in Chase Bryce, former four-star player. You know he's going to work his butt off up there with Coach Cutcliffe. That's a big deal. Maybe Duke. That's kind of what spawned the LSU thing is uh, Joe Burrow's coming down there. Maybe that's the thing that will spawn Duke to be kind of a surprise team in the ACC. All right, so Lawton Swan just walked in the building. I just uh, noticed his big bald head pass our glorious studio windows here at Fox Sports Radio 1400. He will join you this afternoon uh, about uh, about five minutes from now. I'm sure he'll have plenty of stuff to break down on the the uh, Super Bowl. And he'll have other things, too. He may talk a little bit about the basketball team. All kind of stuff that Lawton Swan will get with you uh, on this afternoon. Be sure to check out his website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. If you want to uh, keep up with that, follow him on Twitter at Clemson Sports. My blog page is up. If you want the full story on Chase Bryce, it's over on the blog page. FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Click on lineup and Rob Sanders. Also, a write-up on Vic Beasley. I think the Falcons are making a mistake on that front. I really do. So, we'll see. He'll probably go somewhere else and tear it up, and then they'll be like, uh, it's not like the Falcons have been known for making the best decisions when it comes to the draft. So, we'll see how they go with giving up on one of their better veterans. All right, so podcast will be up this afternoon at 5 o'clock. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. More of the rundown tomorrow on Fox Sports Radio 1400.